All right. Well, welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is James Franz. I am the next-gen teaching pastor here at this church, and I'm excited to be giving part three of our Resistance series. Uh, before we jump into the Word, I want to just give honor to where honor is due and honor our lead pastor, Pastor John, who has given me the opportunity to preach today, and I'm thankful for his leadership. I'm thankful for who he is and the mark uh, and the call that is on his life and, uh, and I'm excited, though, to get into part three of this series. Uh, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are present right now, and your word says that you are ever-present in times of trouble. And so, God, I pray that you would be present to those right now who feel exhausted, to those who feel tired, to those who feel afraid of what is happening uh, in the world today, God. I, I pray for those who are lonely and distant, God, you would be ever-present in their times of trouble right now. I also pray, God, that you would lift up, you would encourage us today. I pray, Lord, that we would leave here with a smile on our face. We would leave recharged because we met with you, God. Uh, Lord, because when we meet with you, things change, God. When you touch our lives, things are healed, things are restored. And so, God, I, I just ask, Lord, that you would move on behalf uh, of the church, God, that you would touch uh, lives today. Lord, that people that are watching right now, uh, for the next 15, 20 minutes in this sermon, God, I pray that people that don't know you would come to know you, uh, Lord, and that we would pick up tools, we would leave equipped today uh, and changed, all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Uh, so I, I want to just say this, if you missed uh, last week or you missed the week before, I really want you to go back uh, on your free time and watch uh, Pastor John's message on being seated in the heavenly places, which was week one. Uh, we had to start there in the series because we wanted to talk about where is our position right now when it comes to dealing with spiritual warfare. That's really what this whole series is about, is about dealing with spiritual warfare. What is it? How do we overcome it? And those kind of things. And then week two, last week, Pastor Aaron was our youth pastor, and he gave an incredible message about where did it all start? And it started in the garden, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and today we are going to be picking up when Jesus is baptized in the water and then sent into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And, um, and I want to just start by saying this. Before you click out of the video because maybe the thought of spiritual warfare scares you or maybe you just don't believe in it, let me just start by saying this. Spiritual warfare is real. It is real. And there's a lot of, I think, misconceptions about spiritual warfare, and a lot of uh, people are actually becoming aware of it in this season that might not have even thought about it before. Uh, I get comments from people a lot where they'll say things like, hey, hey, pastor, did you? we are in under a lot of attack right now. There's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. And yes, this is true, but it's also wrong in the sense because we've always been in spiritual warfare. In fact, a lot of times people are saying, you know, we have this invisible enemy that we're fighting against, COVID-19, and it's true, but we also have an invisible enemy that we've been facing for 2,000 years, and that is Lucifer. That's the enemy, and the Bible talks about in John chapter 10, verse 10, and I don't have it on the screens for you, but it says that, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does not like us. He does not like us being made in the image of God. He does not like what we get to do. He does not like the authority that we have. And so he's always up to no good. He is the liar. Uh, he is the father of lies. He is the accuser of the brethren. He does not want us 
to have the inheritance that is spoken over our lives, the promises that God has for us. He does not want us to take ground today in 2020. And so we're gonna be picking up in Matthew chapter three. Uh, if you're watching on the Church Online platform, in the far left corner, you will see the, the Bible and you can actually open it up in the tab right there. Or you can grab your, di- your, your actual Bible and uh, turn there with me. So we're gonna be in Matthew chapter three, uh, starting in verse 16. And let me just start by saying this. Jesus at this time is now 30 years old. He is now beginning the work of his ministry Um, and he is going down to the river. He is humbling himself because he is the creator of all things, and he's allowing his creation to baptize him. He's humbling himself enough to let John baptize him in the water. And so we pick up in, in Matthew chapter three, starting in verse 16, it says this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water, and at that moment, the heavens was open, and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I love, 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 and am well pleased. That's exactly how he sounded. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, but in this moment, Jesus, the son, is getting baptized. The heavens open up. The father speaks. And the Holy Spirit shows up. The full trinity is here. Father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is baptized in the water. When he comes up out of the water, he is filled with power. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and this is important because I, I want to preference something. Jesus was sent from the Father, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, that says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He was commissioned by the Father, meaning when he was sent out, he was given authority. But when he was baptized in the water, he was given power. So he was commissioned with authority, but in this moment, he is baptized under the Holy Spirit and given power. And then in this moment, we pick up in chapter four, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says this, Matthew chapter four, verse one, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hold on. Let's read that verse again. Then Jesus was led by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why would God, why would the Spirit of God lead Jesus into temptation to be tempted by the devil? I think that's so fascinating. Verse two, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's really funny because of course he'd be hungry, right? (laughs) Like the commentary in that, like he fasted 40 days. I can barely fast a day uh, before I start thinking about Chick-fil-A. Um. Verse three, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of man, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Again, he said, if you are the son of God, If you are the son of God. 
if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, and he quotes scripture, the devil quotes scripture right here. This is kind of jacked up. He's using God's words against him in this moment. And he says, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus has answered him and said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Final time, again, the devil took him to a very high point in the mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor. And all this, he said, I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. So today we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and there's a couple of things that I want to pull out, but let me start by just sharing this story with you. So uh, this actually just happened recently, um, and I didn't really post about it on, on social media or anything like that. Uh, I am here and alive and all that good stuff, but just, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, I went on a night ride, a motorcycle ride with, uh, with um, Brian, who's, who's here on our production team, and we were riding uh, our motorcycles at night, and uh, it was a great ride. It was a lot of fun. It was hot outside, and, and I'm riding on the road, and uh, we're trying to connect to this back street, and out of nowhere, I basically hit this big pothole in the ground, and I ended up on a dirt road, and the bike completely slipped out from under me. Bars turned. I was going at a really good speed, and I just thought to myself, I think I'm about to die. And I found myself just crashing. I hit the ground. I started rolling. And, uh, and I could just hear the bike in the back behind me just tumbling. And I'm just wondering, is it going to land on me? Is it going to land on me? Like, what's going to happen? I can't see anything. It's nighttime. It was terrifying. And, uh, and Brian, you know, as soon as I hit the ground, Brian comes up and he's like, don't move. And I was like, why not? Is my arm missing? Like, <laughs> why can't I move? And uh, that's like the worst thing I think you could say. I learned that now. But, but in that moment, I, it was good too because if something was messed up, I didn't want to get, you know, worse injuries. And so in that moment, all I'm thinking about is how just a few seconds ago, it was casual. Just a couple of seconds ago, I was enjoying a nice ride. And then the next moment, bam, I'm in an accident. And all I could think about in this moment as I was reading this passage of scripture is, is how typical is that? That we see Jesus is baptized in the water, he is inaugurated as the son of God, and the next moment he is tempted in the wilderness by Satan. Think about it, I mean, he, he is surrounded by the Trinity, the next moment he is isolated and alone. One moment he is announced from heaven and heaven is speaking over him. The next moment he is speaking to hell itself. The one moment he is, he is announced, he is known, the, the power, the authority comes upon him. The next moment he's feeling empty and tired and hungry. And you know, the interesting thing is that I found myself struggling with Matthew chapter four, verse one, where it says that, that the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And I, and I thought of a few things that I wanna share with you. Number one, one of the things I wanna share with you is this, is that I don't think Jesus was actually weak in that moment. I think he was at his greatest strength. Because in that moment, he had been with the father fasting and praying for 40 days. 
and he was just filled with power from the Holy Spirit. I, I, I think about it this way. It's like the father was sending him there to that moment to be baptized, to be filled with power, and then immediately after being filled with power was sent to overcome the enemy. And I thought about that in this moment and I was realizing something. You know what? There's a lot of us who have authority because we are children of God, but we have not encountered the Holy Spirit and received the Holy Spirit to be filled with the power. See, you can have authority, but no power. And you can have power, but you may not have the fruit of long-suffering. And so we, we see in this moment that, that Jesus is enduring long-suffering, this moment of being tempted by the devil, he's, he's, he's tempted, and you notice how the enemy's strategy is this. He uses the very words that, that the father spoke over him, and he tries to twist it, just enough to where there's a little bit of truth, but it, it gets you detoured off. Did you know that it, it's kind of like if you have north and then you have true north, there's a difference, and if you're just one decibel, one point off, you can miss an entire island. That's what happens with truth, and the enemy is trying to use this. He's saying, I know that you were just announced as the father's son with whom he loves and is well pleased with, but if you are really the son of God, turn this stone into bread. He's saying, if you are the son, but just in a moment earlier, the father announced him as his son. You know, healing words that that I want to give you today to, to encourage you is this, is that that verse, when he is baptized and the watering comes up, and the heavens speak, and he says, this is my son with whom I love and am well pleased with. I just want you to know on the other side of this camera, as I'm looking into your eyes right now, I want you to know that you are a child of God, that he loves you, and that he is well pleased with you. Regardless of how bad the credit report, regardless of how bad you feel like you've been in the last 13 weeks, of being in COVID and quarantine, and maybe you feel like you've just drifted off and you've isolated and you've gone back to him or you've gone back to her or things have gotten worse or you've started to worship money because you're further in debt. Whatever it may be, I want you to know that you are a child of God. He loves you and he is well pleased with you. It's amazing and and I'll prove it to you because Jesus had not casted out a single demon He had not recruited a single disciple. He had not gone to the cross yet, and yet the father had the audacity to tell him, you're my son. I love you. It's not about performance. It's not about what you can do for me. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my child, and I'm well pleased with you. Before you ever even had the ability to sin, He died on the cross for us. This is the love of Jesus. This is the love of the Father. That you're his child, he loves you, and he's well pleased with you. You know, in a season like like this, I I, I find myself uh, having a lot of difficulties because I feel like we are all in uh, a difficult time right now. Um, And I I don't wanna spend most of my time here because I think we all are aware of that, Captain Obvious, James. But, um, but one of the things that I want to share with you is this, is that uh, God gave me a specific word for today, and it's going to encourage you. And it's this, is that the Lord was really speaking to me about what it means to be under attack, because I think sometimes we use that statement when it comes to dealing with spiritual warfare. It's a Christian thing to say, I'm under attack. 
I'm, I'm experiencing this. I'm under attack. But can, can I tell you something? I think it's just it's going to change your life if you get this. In order to be under attack, you have to be under the attacker. But you are not under the attacker because the Bible says that though, we, 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 uh, though the weapons of our warfare may be carnal, they are not carnal. Actually, they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And the Bible actually speaks about this. It says in Psalms chapter 110, verse 1, it says, O David, a song, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool under your feet. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then it says in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Greater is the grace on your life than the attack that stands against you. And, and, and here's where I drive this thing home. I feel like we're in a season where we've been fighting and swinging against something that we can't see. And we're exhausted. We are tired. I'm not only speaking for myself, myself I'm speaking for many people who, who, are, who are just weary and tired because we're fighting an enemy that we can't see. And there's, there's, there's something, there's a revelation in here, and it's this, it's that, yes, even though we are fighting COVID, even though we are fighting against the enemy, we are fighting an invisible enemy, but we have invisible weapons because we have the word of God that is sharper than any double-edged sword that cuts between soul and spirit, exposing us for who we are. We have the word of God. We have the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Bible says that, that if you will just take a seat at his right hand, he will make your enemies your footstool. So if I can't see the enemy, but I just choose to stop fighting in my flesh and I choose to take a seat and sit next to the Father, though I sit in his presence and, and, and my enemies are around me, according to Psalms 23, if I take a seat and I posture myself to sit with the Father, eventually what I cannot see that God sees, he puts under my feet. See, when, when I fight in my flesh, I have to take my feet off my enemy. And I have to stand up and I have to fight something I can't see. I'm, I'm fighting Instagram and Facebook comments. And I'm, I'm fighting people and, and I'm arguing with people and I'm getting hot and haughty and, and heated and all this kind of stuff. And it's because I'm in the wrong posture. But if I choose to take a seat in the presence of my enemies and not focus and deter my attention to things that are distracting. But notice, Jesus is sitting at the table with me. This is the most intimate moment, and yet I'm missing it because I'm distracted. I'm focusing on other things. But when I focus on him, and I let the spiritual battles that I cannot see, I let him put it under my feet. I'm trying to help somebody. What, when you allow yourself to posture your heart, to seek the Lord as Jesus did, to fast and to pray and to be with the Father, the enemy becomes under your feet. This is how we fight our battles, like this, hands lifted high. When I posture myself to go lower, the enemy that I cannot see is placed under my feet. Glory to God. And I found so much in the scripture because I started thinking about this. I think in my own journey as a Christian, and maybe you can relate to me, and, and if not, it's okay, but 
I find myself at times thinking, where did I open the door when I feel like I'm experiencing the attack of the enemy? And I start looking in my life and I start thinking, is it pride? Is it, you know, is it, is it something else? Is it comparison? What, what, what is it that I've opened the door? Is it? And, and I realized something. Jesus didn't open a door. And yet the enemy still came. So you can be perfect without sin, and yet the tempter still comes. And there's a difference between being tempted to sin and acting upon sin. And so the enemy wants you to think that you've already messed up because he put a thought in your head. But we take every thought captive, don't we? And so Jesus in this moment, Jesus is being tempted by the tempter, but but he has not sinned. I'll prove it to you. The, the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unusable, unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He didn't sin. He's been tempted just as we are, and yet he didn't sin. And so we can be tested But the point that I want to make to you today is this, is that even through the testing, there's something that he had to go through in that wilderness season that he couldn't get anywhere else. Uh, He he couldn't get what God wanted, the Father wanted to give him in the water. He had to get it in the wilderness. Because it, it it was, when he was in heaven, the Father commissioned him. He gave him authority. When he went into the water and he came out, he was baptized with power and all of authority. So now he has authority and power. But there's something that comes through, through trials. There's something that comes through hardship. There's something that comes when, when we stick it out, when we're, we're faced with opposition. And, and, and I found the answer to why the Spirit sent Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. And I got to show it to you because it's, it's so good. Okay, here it is. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It produces perseverance. That happens, that perseverance comes through the long suffering. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Here's what I wanted to show you. The season where you feel like you are under attack and you're dealing with spiritual warfare, there's treasure for you if you will stick it out. There's a reward. There's something that God wants to give you, and it it is going to complete you. If you don't run from it, if you don't escape the difficult times, if, if you don't try to just avoid trouble, Because the Bible says that in this life, we will have trials. We will have tribulations. There's going to be problems, okay? So when we run from it, we rob ourselves. Every wilderness comes with a promised land. And you don't get to the promised land unless you make it through the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness. And what he got out of that season of being tempted and overcoming the devil was he became complete with endurance and perseverance. Because he he had authority, he had power, but he needed to go through the long suffering. Because the truth is, is that a lot of us, we're in a season right now where where we recognize I I have 
received the Holy Spirit. I, I know that I operate in the gifts. I know that I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I know that I'm a child of God, so I know I have authority, but we always give in to temptation, and so you haven't bared the fruit of long-suffering. And that's where this is a season where you need to take back what the enemy has from you. This is the time where we finish strong. This is the time when we know next week we start gathering again and, and, and life begins to shift again. We need to pull down strongholds. We need to stick it out. Do not allow this season of obscurity and darkness and loneliness take root and not get the treasure that is rightfully yours. The Bible says, it talks about in Isaiah, it says, behold, I hold treasures in dark places. There is treasure for you in this season. There is, there is something that God wants to give you. It, it's going to develop your character. Because what, what, is, what is character and, and power have in common? If, if you don't have good character, you'll abuse power. And, and so you can have character, but no power. You, you can have authority, but no power. You can have power, but no authority. You can have authority, but you never actually push through with perseverance. And so what I want to share with you today is that Jesus was completed in that moment. When Jesus had gone into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and he overcame the devil, there was this fullness that he operated, and that's when he began his ministry. And I think that's just so beautiful. I think that's worth celebrating together that, the, that Jesus did not give in to shortcuts. Jesus did not worship the devil because of a kingdom that he could have had in the moment. Instead, he went the long route and said, no, I'm going to go to the cross and defeat you forever. He, he didn't give in because he did come to, to get back the keys of authority and dominion and power. And the devil was with, uh, holding the keys out in front of him and said, if you want it, you can have it. I know why you're here just worshiping. He's saying, I'm not going to do shortcuts. And he didn't abuse the power by turning stones into bread. Instead, he, he, he didn't use the authority and the power that God had given him to self-indulge. And he also didn't test the Lord. And I think that that's the thing that, is, that we need to be aware of is that right now, we're in a time where, where there's a lot of people who are using scripture, they're using things uh, to, to make a statement. And that's that sometimes is exactly what the enemy tries to do is the enemy tries to say, just throw yourself off. It is written, it's in the word. But that's like saying, God will always forgive you. It's okay to, to do it one more time. You're using scripture, but you're using it out of context. And so we have to be careful. We need to be filled with the word. So when the accuser's words come against us, we fight it off with the invisible word of God, which is our sword. And so I just want to challenge you today. I want to invite you into that, this, this moment of enduring the long suffering, sticking it out knowing that just because you are a child of God and you have the uh, authority does not mean that you have the power. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. You have to have an encounter with God in that moment to be, have authority and power and then to be complete and mature, lacking in nothing, comes through our suffering. And I'm right there with you right now. It's been a difficult season. It's been challenging. And every moment I keep telling myself, consider it pure joy. When I, when I crashed my motorcycle, I had to tell myself, consider it pure joy that you totaled your bike. When the insurance company tried to come against me 
I had to tell myself, consider it pure joy that the insurance company is coming against you. When I've been sore and I've been in pain and I've been in bed, I have to tell myself, consider it pure joy that you're in this moment of suffering. What I'm trying to do is, is I'm trying to consider it an opportunity for growth so that I will be mature, lacking in nothing. You got this. You can push through. God is for you. Who can be against you? Amen? Amen. You know, if you're sitting here and you're watching this message uh, online, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity uh, to make things right, to accept Jesus into your heart, to make him the Lord of your life. And, um, and you know, I'm standing here and this band is standing here and we're all standing here because we've made a decision to, to follow Jesus and uh, to not question whether we're right with God or not, no matter how far off you feel like you are or how many things you've done, Jesus loves you. He truly does. And that statement about saying that, that you are my son or you're my daughter, I love you and I'm well pleased with you, it's true. He loves you so much. So don't leave this message. Don't click out of here without making a decision to give your life to the Lord. If you wanna make a decision right now for the first time, uh, if you're watching on Church Online, you can click the button saying, I'm making a decision. Just, it's a little uh, emoji hand. Click that, and then that will let us know so that we can uh, pray for you. If you're watching on Facebook, you can leave it in the comments, uh, and we'll celebrate with you. And I, I just will say this verse, and now I'm going to pray for you. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, <laughs> or type it <laughs> with your words, <laughs> uh, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And so let's pray together right now. Let's make that decision, brothers and sisters, to truly repent of our sins, to turn away from sin, and to follow Jesus, to give our life to him, to trust in him, to renew our hope in something that is eternal, that will never fade away. And so would you pray with me? Jesus, we give our lives to you right now. We ask that you would come in, that you would save us, you would redeem us. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning, that you, uh, despite what we've done, you, you forgive us. Despite how far we feel like we are from you, you draw near to us. And Lord, you, uh, you left heaven to come to earth for me, for us. And you died on the cross, took my place, took our place, so that death, so that Satan wouldn't have the final word. And so right now, we put our hope in you again. Put our trust in you again. We say, would you be the Lord of our life and the lifter of our head? In Jesus' name, amen.